Welcome to the Miracle Mindset Podcast. This is your host, Emily Ann Brandt, also known as Essentially M. In the world of Essentially M, we dig deep and we do the real inner work so we can rise up together. And it's all about transforming the lives of ambitious women just like you who are looking to manifest radiant health, epic wealth, and radical self-love through my own journey of feeling like a victim to circumstance of being born into physical adversities and going from shy and hiding to totally thriving, aligned, and unstoppable, I've become so inspired to help you do the same. I'm an author, a speaker, and a mindset coach, and it is my absolute honor to be here with you today. So if you are ready for spiritual growth, personal development, and finally seeing your desires manifest into your reality, then you are in the right place. Let's do this. All right, guys. It's so good to be back. I have so much to catch you up on. I cannot wait to hop on and do a solo episode so I can just fill you in on all the crazy things I've been experiencing lately. There has been a ton going on in my personal life, in my work and business life, in my home life, in my spirituality life. And um, I kind of just I haven't been showing up fully to share all of that yet. A, because not all of it is mine to share. I obviously can't share like the family stuff. Um, the personal stuff, I wouldn't have a problem sharing with you and I will share with you all the spiritual stuff I've been diving into and all the insights I've had and all the really cool things going on. But obviously family stuff is private. Um, some other things are private for now, but holy, I cannot wait. (laughs) I'm so happy to be talking to you guys again. But today's episode is actually an interview because I feel um, this is the perfect time to release this episode. I actually just recorded it today, Tuesday, June 9th, and decided pretty quickly that this had to be a recorded podcast episode when I started having a conversation in the DMs on Instagram with Salma, my new friend. And Um, just hearing everything we were talking, we were talking about racism and everything that's going on and how to be an anti-racist, not just not racist. And I was like, this conversation needs to be recorded. It is so good. So you'll get to meet Salma in this episode. She is a health coach turned business coach who makes consistent 10K months. She's absolutely amazing and shares some really good insights on race and racism in this industry and what we can all do to be part of the solution moving forward. And last week I took a break from recording a podcast episode because I wanted to really just take the time to reflect, to educate myself and take a good hard look at where can I do better in my business to make sure that I'm being more inclusive and to make sure that I'm not just serving one, you know, white women or one audience. And so a few things came up for me of what I can do better. I share a little bit of that in this episode and I'll continue to share with you guys as I Um, learn and discover more but the biggest thing that came up for me so far is just like sharing more of my own experiences with racism and learning how to be an anti-racist and call out racism when I see it and even biases that may seem harmless but really are feeding into this bigger problem so that's why we weren't here last week I really just wanted to respect the movement that's happening and I know it's happening for longer than just a week but I really wanted to take that time to just reflect and so that's what I've been doing as well as a ton of more personal growth and spiritual growth, which again, I'll fill you in on next week. So stay tuned for that. 
I know you guys have been really excited to hear about my soul tuning and my Akashic Records reading and breathwork session, all of that. So I will fill you in on that next week, I promise. Real quick before we dive in, I want to tell you about my new partnership and this episode sponsor. So people ask me all of the time where I built my website, where I host my website, how I make my sales pages look so pretty, how I get checkout pages, what I, what plugin I use to get the checkout pages and take payments, and what platform I use to send my emails, how I make my emails look so nice and structured, and where I host my courses. And the answer is I do all of it on Kajabi. Kajabi is an all-in-one platform. And this to me was um, a no-brainer yes, because... I originally had all my stuff on another platform and then was going to have to hire an IT person, like a website builder, to help me figure out how to add in a checkout page and link up PayPal and Stripe and take credit cards and how to do all of that and then um, how to build in this plugin and that plugin, where to store my videos, to host courses, and it was just like, ah, it was going to be, it was going to cost me thousands to hire somebody to do the website for me. And then anytime I need help, you have to hire them again to change things, or add things and do codes and all that. So when I discovered Kajabi, it was like magic. There's no coding. It's so drag and drop, so intuitive. And so if you're a tech spaz like me and you're wanting to build your online business and do things where you're selling courses and programs and services, you may might want to check out Kajabi and I have a, um, a special link they gave me. So I'll put that in the show notes. Just take your finger and swipe up or down on the episode. Um, they gave me a link to give you guys a 28 day trial. So basically completely your first month completely free. And I, you guys, built my entire website during my free trial. I think I only had a 14-day trial. So this is a special offer for you to get an extended trial. And again, because it's so user-friendly and so drag-and-drop, I literally built up my entire website during my free trial. So I know you'll love it. Link is in my bio if you want to go get that extended trial. And um, anyway, so I'm really excited about that. But with that, let us dive into today's episode. And I'll see you on the other side. Perfect. So hi, Selma. Welcome to the Miracle Mindset Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited to talk to you. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. I'm like actually so excited. (laughs) Me too. I know it's going to be so good. Um, But first of all, first things first, for those who are listening who don't know you yet, can you just like tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do? So I was a former health coach for about the last two years now. And after a few months, I learned how to really scale my business. And it just really inspired me to share my knowledge with others. Like I just didn't want to keep it to myself. So I actually recently transitioned into a business coach who helps other health coaches as well, scale their business and create a full-time income. That is so cool. I cannot wait to dig into the um, the business success that you've had and talk about all of that as well, because I just think it's so inspiring. Um, but we're all, we're going to talk about business and the incredible work that you're doing, helping other women, empowering other coaches. Um, but you're also here because you and I had this great conversation on Instagram in the DMs through voice voice noting each other about the conversation that's going on about race and racism in the coaching industry. So I know this conversation is going to be so juicy, so so raw and real, just like you know our conversation was. Um, can you first share with us like a little bit about your culture and your background? 
um, first of all. And then second of all, the experiences you've had with, with racism in this industry. So first off, like I'm from Sri Lanka, but I am Muslim and I do wear the hijab. So I do um, practice like modest wear and all that kind of stuff. And I felt mm-hmm. um, very left out, especially in the health and fitness and wellness industry, because as you know, like the first thought that comes into your head as soon as you think fitness trainer or health coach who has an Instagram is maybe someone posing in a bikini showing off their muscles and their gains and all that Mm. kind of stuff but that was something I was unable to do because I was choosing to dress more modestly and Mm -hmm. I feel like especially because of that it took a while for me to become known Um, I know of course like as an entrepreneur as a health coach and like whatever coach you are it all comes down to the value you bring but I know also people want to have that visual kind of reassurance that you know you're not a hypocrite you you preach Mm -hmm. um, and you do what you preach as well and I feel like that kind of held people back as well from maybe um, following me or looking into my program because they couldn't see the results that I had myself Um, and I feel like it also held me back a little bit from other opportunities because I couldn't show before and after pictures of my body or things like that hmm did anyone ever actually say that to you like I I need to see before and after pictures or like pressure you in any way like they didn't say it like full out but they would kind of hint at it like you know like oh like kind of like oh what what do you do or um what do you know about building muscle because mm. I was actually weight training for the last about seven years now so I have a big background in weight training and fitness and I feel like I always had to be consistently like proving myself that I do know what I'm talking about because I couldn't just rip my shirt off and show people what body looked like (laughs) yeah did you I wonder like did you um did you attract other modestly dressing clients because of kind of having that? Yeah. So that did happen. There were, um, you know, people of my faith, other women who, you know, want to focus more on like the health side, like eating healthier, all that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. Um, But I feel like, you know, my thing is, is like, I don't want to just help women in my culture. Like I wanted to be very like inclusive. I wanted everyone in my program, but I feel like, yeah, of course, like I did attract like those type of people as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just curious, did you ever share before and after picture or would you ever share before and after pictures of clients to show that kind of muscular result or would that also feel like, um, just I was not in, in integrity on the about that. Yeah. Like, I did end up doing it, of course, like with um, clients' consent and everything like that. Um, and but the thing was, like, I always felt like I had to. I had to show my client's mm, body because I yeah. couldn't show mine. But at the end of the day, like, I kind of learned later on in my journey, like, you don't have to do that. Like, you are credible. Like, you have the knowledge. You're making amazing transformations with your clients and yourself. Like you have nothing to prove kind of thing that I know, especially when I started out, like I always felt like I had to show like clients before and afters to be that credible coach. 
Yeah. So it's, it's like the industry created that pressure without explicitly saying Yeah, you have to show your body, you have to show up in these, all these like pictures in your underwear. Yeah. Um, and even for me, I think that would be something that would kind of turn me off from, from being a fitness coach too, is like, I know that I've had my own healing journey and I know that I know how to eat healthy and all of this stuff, but, um, yeah, I would, I would struggle with that too. So I can. Yeah. And like, I, I feel relate. like when I was in a business program, um, they give you like, cause I was always like in the beginning of your journey, you're like kind of stuck on what to post. So they were giving like examples of types of pictures to take all that kind of stuff to break up your feed. So this one coach was telling me like, oh, okay, like you want a controversial post, like hold a pizza, but like lift up your shirt and show your abs, you know? And I'm like, I can't do that. <laughs> like, yeah. is there an alternate that I can do? Because <laughs> like, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and it's like silly things like that that made me feel kind of left out because like everyone mm-hmm. else in that group program is like, oh my God, yeah, like that's so amazing. And then like little me in the back is like, yeah, I can't mm. do that. Like, is there anything else I could do? Um, so it was like yeah. stuff like that that made me feel a little stuck. Like, do I not fit in? Like, is it because I can't do this? Like, I'm, I can't excel? All of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that. Because I think that's such a good example. Like everyone right now is trying to reflect and look at their business and the coaching industry especially is I know most people are reflecting like how can we make this industry more inclusive and that's probably one of the things people didn't even think about in terms of making sure it's inclusive to all and like yeah it doesn't even have to be with your faith you know like some people just maybe don't want to show off their bodies or don't feel comfortable doing that like like I, I totally felt whenever people would tell me like, oh, I'm not comfortable with doing that. I'm like, it's totally up to you. Like if my clients say yeah. like, they don't give me consent, they don't give me consent. Like that's yeah. it. If you're not comfortable with your body being online. Like that's okay. Even though it looks yeah. normal right now. Yeah. I think like it's kind of become normalized just because it, those are the posts that have performed well in the past is like, mm-hmm. especially women showing a lot of skin. Yeah. And um, that actually that really bugs me because I feel like I'm so passionate about using your story and your gifts to to create an audience and to create sales which you totally can do without showing your skin you can grow a following without showing your skin um absolutely like that's what I'm all about so thank you for shining a light on that that. um and then I know you and I talked and this was interesting we talked about how sometimes being inclusive can also go a little far. Like you said, you didn't want to just help other Muslim women mm-hmm. um, or people of the same faith or of the same color from the same, you know, country, background, ethnicity, and sometimes how it can go a little far the other way. And this is kind of like controversial because I know there's a lot of, especially with everything happening with um, Black Lives Matter, um, there's some coaches who are black women who only serve black women or Indian women who only want to serve Indian women, um, or indigenous women who only want to serve indigenous women and so, so on and so forth. Um, and I do understand the intention behind that. And I understand it a little more after listening to a podcast of, um, a woman, a black woman, her name is Brittany and her, um, program is grace and guidance coaching. I think it was 
on the Manifestation Babe podcast. And she was explaining from her point of view, she didn't want to niche down like that at first, mm-hmm. but then she decided the more like the main coaches that people have to look to who are, have the most credibility, who have the most client testimonies, who have the most everything, they're pretty much all white. And so from her point of view, she was like, okay, if I can empower more black women to rise up and then gain confidence, credibility, following all of these things, then other people are going to have a more diverse role models to look to. So she wanted to specialize in rising up these black women, which I think is great. So I, I can see it both ways, but I also kind of like we were talking in the DMs like, yeah, sometimes it goes a little far the other way. Yeah. So what's your opinion on that? So again, like I, I totally see that and I could see why that happens too. Like um, I feel like, you know, you hire someone as a coach or you look towards someone as a client because you relate to them. Yeah, And you kind of match your values, you match your beliefs, and they understand the challenges that you're going through. So I feel like that's how that kind of happens. Like maybe another Muslim woman would be more um, compelled to join with me rather than another health coach because I might wear the scarf and she might be like, oh, okay, like she could relate to the struggles she has in the gym with finding modest wear or whatever it is. Yeah. I totally feel on that. But at the same time, like, I feel like, you know, especially with my program, like I don't want it to be inclusive to like only um, like exclusive to Muslim women. Like I want to empower all women Mm -hmm. to feel confident in their skin, like, you know, empower their business, all that kind of stuff. And when I was a health coach, like I just wanted women to feel healthier, feel confident in their skin, feel confident in anything they wear. And I never wanted it to be this closed off thing that because I'm Muslim, I'm only going to help those women. Um, I feel like the mistake we make is I think sometimes like I could see why we might do it because we could excel in our community. If I did close off and be like right, oh, true. Muslim women, I could have excelled as a coach for Muslim women. True. But like I feel like it all depends on your mission as well, what you're trying mm-hmm. to do. But I believe like it should be open. And I feel like if everyone's coaching is open like that, no one will feel excluded. Mm-hmm. And it's fine to choose like a, a black coach if you're black or a Muslim coach if you're Muslim. But the thing is like it shouldn't only be your only hiring you know people of your faith because that's how like people feel left out or yeah. you know it, i feel like all of us with our own journeys and our own skills have so much to offer so really like mixing it up and like you know um i know for me when i am hiring like a va or you know an assistant coach or whatever i don't look for a muslim woman i look for someone whose values i agree on who we really Mm -hmm. connect and you know we're friends or something like that and then we kind of go on it's like becoming friends with anyone um like that's the way I feel if I am hiring a coach or working with someone um so I feel like it's all about like everyone becoming inclusive instead of like excluding anyone because I think that's where the problems really start Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And I mean, you never see, you would never probably see a white coach saying, I'm only going to coach white women, but they Mm -hmm. are being exclusive by not paying attention to the ways that they might be subconsciously or unconsciously leaving people out. Like you said, I understand like we started to group ourselves like that because we were Mm -hmm. feeling left out. But I feel like, especially now, like it's the time to really change those kind of mindsets and those kind of practices and really like kind of like open your arms and be like let's all be inclusive and yeah like you know we have so much to share like even with our journeys and like yeah I might be Muslim but someone else might have gone through the same thing who's not in the same faith as me who would still relate to me and I feel like that's where it comes down to like if you really put that cut off then it's like yeah. someone is getting excluded in the end. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's an important point that you raised too about like how you could excel in business by really niching down, which we're always told in this industry to do. Like find your niche. You're going to do so much better. You're going to make so much more money. Um, but I've struggled with that too because it's like I even when it comes to um, – my manifestation membership, I've struggled a lot lately with, should it be exclusively for entrepreneurs, like manifestation for entrepreneurs, or should it be more of a mixed bag? And of course, like all the business training will tell you to niche down. Um, But I actually went and got this Akashic Records reading done. It's like really woo-woo spiritual um, work that I've been doing. And I had this person look into my records and they can kind of, you can ask for guidance on things. And I asked about this. I said, should I, should I just decide and pick a, pick a side and go just for entrepreneurs in my membership? And she said, they're saying no, like the records or your guides or whatever they're saying. No. Um, they see it as being like a very mixed bag of people. And that made me really happy. So I was like, I, I, there is such a variety of people that I can help, right? Whether they're entrepreneurs, whether they're not, whether it's stay-at-home moms, um, no matter what race they are, no matter what country they're in, I've been blessed so far to have like people tuning into my challenges and my stuff from all over the world. Like, um, mm-hmm. like um, I feel like there's a difference of like niching down. Like, I think everyone kind of interprets it different. Like. I, I totally believe in niching it down, but I don't like to close myself off. Like my thing yeah. is, I feel like, especially as entrepreneurs, when we think like, okay, this is my ideal client. Like you don't have to close the doors if someone doesn't like kind of tick all the boxes on your mm-hmm. list of what your ideal client looks like. Cause um, like even now, like I, I help my niche and my ideal client is health coaches. Like I help health coaches build their business, but I have two clients who aren't health coaches. I have one who's a VA and then one who's a mindset coach. So like, I'm not going to close my doors to them because they don't fit that ideal. Um, Like, of course I'm still going to accept them in. I'm still going to help them. Um, But I think like, especially with like maybe niching down, I guess like in the business industry kind of helps you, know where to look and where to kind of market yeah. to and what to kind of like specialize in yes because that doesn't mean like you can't help others in other areas because you do have yeah. that area of expertise so I feel like we just kind of interpret it wrong really because I used to feel like that as well when I used yeah. to be a health coach for moms I'd kind of close the door like mm-hmm. if you're not a mom I can't help you yeah. sorry <laughs> yeah 
And when I see people, and I mean, I guess that's fine because they get, there's lots of moms, but when I see someone who's like, oh, I'm a coach for moms, I'm like, okay, not, so mm-hmm. not for me because I'm not a mom, right? But maybe that person's story or their skills would have still resonated with me. Yeah. But yeah, you just have to decide if you're okay with like leaving some business on the table, but yeah. in other ways, like, like you said, it's more about your specialty. That's your niche. And my, I, it took me a while to realize, but mm-hmm. manifestation and mindfulness um, which is what I coach in the larger umbrellas. Like I'm a mindset manifestation coach. That is a niche because yeah. there's, a, there's a lot of people who don't even know the word manifestation or don't care to learn about it. So realizing that that is a niche and I just had to own that, that was huge for me too. But um, yeah, going back to the race thing, um, this past couple of weeks has really opened my eyes up to, cause I thought I was, being inclusive in my business. And I know that people have said, um, well, one person messaged me and said, the reason she joined my group is because I am indigenous and she's indigenous as well. And she likes to see um, people like her represented in this industry, which is so underrepresented by like um, black indigenous and people of color. The spirituality world is very, very white. And the funny thing is that a lot of the pieces of spirituality are drawn from um, Native American traditions, from indigenous, like from our practices or even Indian culture. And they're just being taught by all these white women. (laughs) And so that's something I've always struggled with too, because I don't want it to be, I don't want to just serve other indigenous women. But I realized reflecting on my own page and my own business, I wasn't actually sharing that much about my own culture Mm -hmm. um, as much as I could have been. And because when I do do that, it invites other people to be like, oh, okay, like, you know, maybe I'm more welcome here. I don't know. Like, it's interesting just to to reflect on that. It's so important. And this is something I learned like a lot later in my business than I wished was to share your story, share your yeah. values on there because you never know who's seeing your page. You never know who's reflecting. And the way I think of myself as a coach is I'm a resource. Like I'm here to mm-hmm. um, teach. I'm here to inspire. I'm like, I, I'm, I'm just here to be a page that when someone stops on it, I want them to learn something from it. And whether that's like someone could reflect on my story and be like, wow, I didn't know people of that faith go through that. Or, wow, like, I'm going through the same thing. I'm so happy. Like, she shared that because I could see what she did to kind of get over those hurdles or challenges. And I feel like sometimes it's so scary to get vulnerable online. And it took me so long Mm -hmm. to do that. But what I found is when I started sharing more of my story, I found more people relating to that. And also more people being more understanding to why I cannot post before and after pictures about me why I run my program the way I do why I post the way I do um and I feel like at the same time we can't just close the door and be like well people should just know we have to be a resource to be like okay this is why because the truth is people don't know sometimes and if we don't teach it and if we're not um open to letting people know about it how could we accept like, how could we expect people to just understand? Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I feel like it all comes down, like, even, like, this whole Black Lives Matter movement, like, I I don't just want to be like, you know, I'm not racist, so I don't have to educate myself. Like, I still want to sit down and learn more. And Mm -hmm. if that means going to more pages, understanding people's stories to do that, then so be it. But if people aren't sharing their stories or people aren't sharing resources, like, that's like, where do we look to learn? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's such a good point. It's such, it's, that's my favorite way to learn too, is through people's stories. And I think that's most people's favorite way to learn. And it also like, it puts a face behind it. Yeah. Right. So, and it gives kind of like that personal perspective kind of thing, because like everyone's stories are so different. And I feel like everyone, like every generation is so different too. So mm -hmm. maybe like what my parents went through might not be the same as like what I'm going through. So to really share that. So, other people could relate or learn off of that, I feel like is so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So people share your story, share yourself. This is, this is what I am always teaching with my one-on-one um, clients is like own your story and share it. But it's something I'm definitely self-reflecting on too, when it comes to my culture and I'm biracial. So sharing even like the the unique challenges and things that come with that is something that I'm going to be pushing myself to do more as well. Um, and even if you are white, I feel like people will, will join your programs because again, because of your story and because of the struggles you've overcome and the things you've achieved. Um, that's what draws me to my coach, regardless Mm -hmm. of color, background, location, income level, any of that is do I see a little bit of myself in them or in their struggle or in their journey? So always a good reminder for everyone to to share that. So important. I feel like we always kind of like reflect on that. Like you want to see um, someone you're inspired by and someone you want to become in your Mm -hmm. coach or, you know, like I feel like all my coaches, I've always hired them because I really related to them. Like I felt what they were saying, like in my bones. So I hired them. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Um, Do you have any thoughts on what we can all, whether white or um, black, interracial, if interracial, indigenous, people of color, um, what we can all do to make sure the coaching industry specifically is more inclusive. Like, do you have any other ideas or do you think it just comes back to like just sharing ourselves more? I think it comes down to staying open-minded and also kind of like taking a step back and always taking a look at your business. Like I feel Mm -hmm. like, you know, as we scale, as we start hiring, um, look at who our friend circle is, look at who our mentors are and really think like, are we sticking to one race? Is, is this program that I'm going to join? Is it inclusive? And if it is not, I feel like owning your voice and not like staying hush hush about it, like speaking Mm -hmm. out and kind of saying like, this is not right. I feel like the the issues really start, especially like, I know I was in a program, I think we talked about this, where I was literally the only person of color. But I, I stayed oh, quiet wow. about it. And I feel like that's also a mistake on my part. I should have said something. Um, because that's how like change happens. These I uncomfortable know. conversations. You know make something happen and I feel like you know we just have to keep our eyes peeled and like 
stay looking out for things like that, making sure that everyone is included, yeah. um, whether that's guest speakers or whoever, like making mm-hmm. sure we have a good mix of everything, hearing everyone's output on it and just being yeah. very open-minded about everything. Yeah. Those are such great ideas and so important too. And um, I know you and I talked about being committed to being anti-racist, not just not racist. Um and not just because it's a buzzword right now and because it's trendy right now, but because it's it's about time and we all need to do better. Um, and like you, I've also been in situations where in the past, you know, it, even hearing racism against um, Aboriginal people, I would just kind of let it slide because it's scary to stand up by yourself in the moment, um, mm-hmm. especially me because I can pass as white and I can just not say anything. Yeah. And that's like shamefully, that's what I did most of the time is because it's, it's, you're kind of caught off guard and shocked in the moment. And then it sucks that it's up to us to say something. So we really need every single voice, like every single person. Hopefully this episode inspires you to also commit to being anti-racist because the person who is experiencing the racism or the rude remarks or even the ignorant comments that people don't think are hurtful, but they are, Mm-hmm. it shouldn't be the job of the person who's being attacked or feeling uncomfortable for them to have to stand up. Like for you to have to speak up when you're the only person of color in that group you were in. I don't think that's right. I think yeah. other people should have been able to do that for you. Yeah. I feel like, especially like even as our job as entrepreneurs, you know, yeah. we're trying to build this business, we're trying to scale all that kind of stuff, but all that comes with the responsibility. And I feel like people forget that. Like, as yeah. we grow, as we scale, the responsibility grows of yeah. being inclusive with who your team's going to be, being inclusive with who your mentors are. And I feel like sometimes people forget that. Like, oh, I'm just a little entrepreneur. Like, no, we all have mm-hmm. a part to play. Like, we're all like these new CEOs. Yes. And I feel like all, like power and all that comes through responsibility as well. So like keeping an open mind and remembering like you are in the leader's chair right now. So act like it. Yes. Whether your following is like 200 people, 2000 people or 2 million people. There's always someone who looks up to us, someone who always comments on our posts or is like really always on our stories interacting. Like you have to be a leader for them because I always tell people like our clients are looking to be inspired by us, just like how we're looking to be inspired by our mentors. So we really have to be that voice and that person who sets a good example for them as well so that when they're starting their business or whatever it is, they're taking those like steps as well to create that inclusive environment because we learn from who we're taught by. Exactly. And I will admit, and this, this might be kind of like controversial, but I'll just say it anyway. Like I, when all of this started breaking out and the protests were happening and everything, people were starting to take a stance online and I was starting to take a stance online, I looked to some of my favorite, previously favorite mentors and coaches and leaders who I know their hearts are good. I know that they're good people. But when they fell silent on social media, like I was looking to them for guidance. I was looking them yeah. to them for inspiration of what to say and what to do and how to like for their leadership. And they just mm-hmm. fell flat. And I honestly exactly. unfollowed some of people. Yeah, no, exactly. Like we always look up to whoever's like kind of higher or Mm -hmm. more successful than us. And 
like that's why I feel like it's so important that when we are becoming like these scaling entrepreneurs like we really always have to take a step back and check ourselves because there are people who are looking up to us and like the way you are looking to your mentors for guidance there's people who are looking at you like oh what's she gonna do what should I do um so I feel like that's just so important beyond a black square like some of them posted the black square with not even a caption with like some emojis of the praying hands and that was it nothing like maybe a couple stories resharing something but I was so disappointed and um anyway I loved when you and I were talking in the dms and you said no I need to step into the ceo I'm becoming and I was like "Ooh, I love that because it's so true yeah we need to be the ceo now we need to be the leader now and this this time for change is so overdue. So we all we all whether you're a business owner or not, we all need to be um, stepping up for Black Black lives and in general being more inclusive. Exactly. That's awesome. Um, okay, so yeah, let's talk about business. Tell us <laughs> tell us about your business journey and how you went from health coaching um, and seeing success to that, and now being in business coaching. Well, let me just tell you, it wasn't easy. It wasn't a smooth <laughs> ride. Everyone tells you, like, I feel like mm-hmm. entrepreneurship Appreciate is so glamorized. It's like this thing, yep. like, oh, make quick money. Like, you're going to be just rich. Um, but I feel <laughs> like that's how people get trapped because they come in here with the wrong intentions. So for me, like, I wanted to be a health coach with all my heart, but I did not know it was a career. I actually went to school to become um, a development service worker, so working with children with special needs, and I worked in a daycare for a very long time, but I did um, do personal training on the side because it was my passion, but I never wanted to be a full-on personal trainer. I just couldn't see myself working for, like, two hours a day at a gym. It just didn't float my boat Um, but then I kept hearing about like how you could coach online and all that kind of stuff and I was so intrigued and I decided to sign up for my first business program who specialized in like helping like fitness pros or whatever make a business out of it like I don't believe any investments a bad investment but it just wasn't the program for me and let me tell you, I invested in myself a lot. I feel mm-hmm. like that's something in entrepreneurship people kind of like don't talk about, like how much money you have to put into your business to make a revenue out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'll just say it straight up. I spent over like maybe 30000 on my business easy, mm-hmm. like on yeah. mentorships, programs, like whatever it is. Yeah. And a lot of the business programs, they taught me – kind of like the salesy way like dming 50 people per day and like just posting every single day so you're that you're seeing um like cold calling people and all this kind of weird stuff and it just didn't sit right with me and it gave me that icky feeling like yeah this is not for me so I always Mm -hmm. held on to my safety net job I stayed working at the daycare for about 10 to 11 hours per day and then I would Oh, wow. Huh, yeah, it was, like long, <laughs> long it was like long, long shifts. And then I would come home and like be up in the middle of the night just trying to make this dream career happen. Mm-hmm. Like, because I just, I knew in my heart I wanted to 
help women feel confident because I actually in high school, like if you check out my page, I don't delete any of my old posts. I went through a long dieting roller coaster and I actually ended up getting really sick and it was, it was just not a good time. Mm. And the reason I started health coaching was to make sure that doesn't happen to any other women. To I love that. Save, yeah, save the time and effort that I went through so that they don't have to. Um, mm. Because a coach actually helped me get out of that. So that like totally inspired love me. That. Um, but like I was just doing like all these bad sales tactics. And I guess like, you know, people could <laughs> feel when you're sales. Yeah, I've up, been there. <laughs> yeah, me getting like maybe one or two clients here and there. But it was mm. never a consistent income where I could leave my safety net job. And yeah. it was exhausting, you know, balancing yeah. the two, but trying to make the best of it. And um, from there, I actually hired another coach and she actually really helped me, you know, getting people to actually connect with me, getting people to reach out to me and like genuinely just being human online. Yes. I can't believe someone had to teach me that, but someone <laughs> did. And yeah. then that's where the changes really started. Like me starting to get consistent clients and starting to make consistent revenue, being able to leave my safety net job for good without that guilt of, I don't know, like, what about next month? Will I be okay next month? Like, she really taught me um, how to create a consistent income every single month. There's no high Mm -hmm. months or low months. There's only scaling from here. Um, So then I just, I just felt it in my heart because my main mission was to help women, to empower women to feel confident in their skin, feel confident. And I just, I felt guilty kind of keeping all this information to myself. (laughs) So I decided to take the leap of faith during the quarantine and switch over to business coaching. It was so scary, but I don't know, like, I just felt guilty keeping all this value to myself. So I'm like, okay, like, now's the time like it's your calling you have all the time in the world like let's do yes. it so I just dived right in I love that I I love that you're that you made that jump and that shift during quarantine I feel like that's such the perfect time for it I've been yeah. <laughs> telling everyone like this is the time anything not serving you is gonna crumble away mm-hmm. and this is the time to really reflect and like it show it goes to show you how quickly life can change and that you got to just do what you want to do. Exactly. I feel like, you know, um, this quarantine has all like been a blessing because like, yeah, totally. It made me kind of jump in even if I was scared to, because a lot of things were uncertain anyways. So I'm like, mm-hmm. if not now, then when, like, we don't know what's going to happen in a month, mm-hmm. like might as well make those shifts now. And I like, I'm such a firm believer of like, really listening to your calling and listening to like what feels right for you and health coaching was honestly starting to not feel right for me because I was always like helping like some of my friends they would ask me tips about their business and I was always helping people on the back end because people would ask me like how did you do that like how do you have a wait list like how's this like your fourth month with a six-figure income and like I was always like giving out tips and I'm like I really want to do this like I want to create a program like I want to help women and it was just it just felt so right but just so scary at the same time yep I know the feeling. Did the, did you feel any guilt about like switching? Yes. Like, yeah. The fear? That was yeah. Actually something like me and one of my closest friends, we were like talking like every single day. She was really motivating me. She's like, 
Aww. because I, I just had like this feeling like I was doing something wrong because I was mm-hmm. a health, like health coaching and business coaching is, it's totally different. Totally different. You know? <laughs> um, but like what I really wanted to do was make sure that even if I am switching to a business account and teaching about business to still incorporate health into that, like still, you know, sharing on my stories, still my healthy routines. Cause I feel like that's still important as an entrepreneur to be on top mm-hmm. of your health. So I just, I was scared that people would not want to follow me anymore because a lot of people who followed me, followed me for the health tips, yes. the workout videos, all that kind of stuff. But yeah. the opposite actually happened. People were very interested to know everything and they saw that I wasn't abandoning my favorite side of health and yes. fitness because I live and breathe health and fitness in my everyday life. And I want to make sure that I'm still sharing that part of my life, but mainly focusing on business. I love that. That's really, um, that's really inspiring because I know a lot of people have that feeling and, and it happens to entrepreneurs all the time where we're like, oh, I already established my thing, but I feel this really strong pull to do this yeah. other thing. And I love that you just were like, yeah, I'm following my intuition. Like I'm doing it. It's all about like, again, it comes down to like still keeping your story. Right. And like just keeping those values there. And I feel like Mm -hmm. because people knew who I was and I even explained, like I felt like I had to explain myself on a post. I explained why I was doing it. And honestly, people were very happy that I was because they could, tell like I I practice what I preach jump in even if you're scared to like if it doesn't feel right like don't do it like do what's meant to be and people really respected me over that as well Mm -hmm. and I feel like that's why it's so important to share what you believe in because you'd be surprised like how many people relate to you yeah totally relate to that that's so awesome um Okay, what's the best piece of advice you could give someone who is looking to make consistent 10K months? Because I know you said you've had a few in a row of 10K months, which is amazing. So if you could just share with us like one nugget of wisdom, what do you think is the best piece of advice you could give on that? Doing non-negotiable tasks every day. This doesn't have to mean you're hustling every day. I'm totally the type of person who used to do that and get burned out. I totally stand for take the weekend off. But what this kind Mm -hmm. of means is I love to have three non-negotiable tasks that I do every day to keep the needle moving in my business. Whether that's posting on Instagram, whether that's staying connected in your DMs, even in the, on the weekend, answering any questions or, um, for me, it's staying engaged on people's posts so that people recognize who I am. Um, whatever it is, it's like, being consistent I feel like people just vaguely say like oh just be consistent but people don't know what that means yeah you have to figure out three tasks that will move your business no matter what yes. if you're not posting you have two other things that's still helping you move along I feel like it's when you make that pause and that's like strong halt that's when people feel like I don't know what I'm doing because there are days in your business where you're going to feel lost or yeah. I don't even know if I'm the expert anymore. I don't know what I'm doing. But as long as you're doing those three, you know, those three are making some sort of change to your business. Yeah. Awesome. Love it. And then where can people go to um, connect with you or work with you? 
So my Instagram is underscore Salma Aziz. So S-A-L-M-A-A-Z-E-E-Z. Um, yeah, and like feel free to just DM me with any questions or check out my posts. I've been posting some really great valuable stuff for lately. Awesome. Okay, I will link up your Instagram in the show notes as well. So that's the best place to find you? Yeah. Instagram? Okay, perfect. I will link that up. Um, I loved this conversation. Thank you so much for sharing with us and for joining me. I know everyone's going to find it so valuable and so helpful. So thank you so much. Oh my God, you're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. All right, you guys, I hope you loved that conversation as much as I did. Don't forget to go and get your free trial with Kajabi. You can get basically an entire month completely free with my link, which is in the notes for this episode. And I'll see you next week as we talk about all of the spiritual growth I've been doing and all the woo-woo stuff that I've been up to. I can't wait to see you again next week or talk to you again next week. <laughs>